Chapter 41 Stepping Forward Pickett watched them spill over the ridge and his breath caught in his chest. Morbin's army was enormous. They marched in time, sharp and imposing. Pickett knew that wolves naturally lacked discipline, that their bloodlust often overcame their self-control and ability to follow orders in a strategic battle plan. This was a vulnerability wise rabbit commanders would use against them. But under Morbin's banner, marching in concert beneath a sky of hawks, eagles, and more, these wolves moved in tight, restrained units. As they marched closer, he could see the bloodlust in their faces. They were the same wild and vicious enemies, only harnessed to attack with military precision. The untested troops in front of the rabbit army seemed to wither at the sight. But Pickett funneled his dread into grim determination, then a furious resolve. The exasperated medic ran up to him and set to work on his wounded arm again. We'll be slaughtered, a soldier said. There are too many, added another. A grumbling spread through the ranks. These soldiers were brave, but not stupid, and the menacing force massed against them made for an impossible contest. They knew it. The feeling was spreading. We can't win. Pickett frowned. Shaking free of the medic, he marched forward. His face was set, his eyes hard, and all his movements sure. Step by step, he passed the whispering, fearful, murmuring ranks. Many rabbits recognized him and whispered, Pickett Longtreader, the hero of Jupiter's crossing, the youngest lieutenant in the army, and Prince Small's particular friend. Scores of clean-clothed soldiers watched as this dirty, sweat-drenched rabbit, blood trickling down his cheek and soaking the fur of his arm, walked purposefully to the head of the army as Morbin's forces came on. Cole and Joe fell in behind him, bearing their own wounds, and other soldiers from the early fight followed. As they pushed ahead, the complaints died down. Pickett reached the front of the army and kept going, moving well ahead of the front line. His fellows fell in behind him, bloody marks of their earlier battle plain. The medic had followed Pickett and now came for him, trying to finish the job stitching his arm. Pickett turned once, and his withering glare sent the medic hurrying back to his place. Pickett turned to face the enemy. His face was set like steel, his body composed in a clear, rock-hard resolve. Now the rabbit ranks fell silent. The silence stretched over seconds. Then an old sergeant on what had been the front line, a gray campaigner of many wars, began to laugh. All right, he said, smiling. All right, bucks. And he walked forward. Soon, his fellows were joining him, and the lines of troops, embarrassed by their distance from Pickett's ragged band, rushed to form up just behind them. Row on row, the rabbits advanced. A different sort of rumor swelled, and soon the call of All right, bucks was bouncing around the army. Pickett never said a word, only drew his sword and pointed it at the oncoming army. The wolves in the four stopped, eyes flitting from their commanders to the rabbit host. Trapped rabbits. Vulnerable rabbits. Easy pickings. Some of the wolves made to advance, but a harsh bark from their commander held them in place. Overhead, the lords of prey circled. The sky teemed with winged warriors, their breasts armored, their feet gripping cruel blades. These raptors were ready for battle. Pickett regarded them. They were close enough now that he could make out their faces and hear their brash calls. The wolf commander looked up at a circling eagle. He was white-furred and muscular, clad in black with a black shield. The shield was old-fashioned, possibly an heirloom. It was wooden, painted in black and bearing the sign of a bright red fang jutting from a deformed diamond. It was a mockery of the rabbit's cherished Whitsonstone. The eagle above was brown, with a splash of white showing around the edges of his black helm. In his feet he bore weapons, a sharp, short sword, and a spiked mallet. At Lord Gern's command, the white wolf shouted. His eager soldiers, tongues lolling, shivered with anticipation. Pickett nodded. Gern, Morbin's chief lieutenant, 
the architect of the after-terrors that ruined the great wood. He eyed the bird with careful attention, marking all he could in the few moments he had. Then Pickett looked back at Captain Fry, a question in his young eyes. The old soldier nodded, an understanding clear between them. Pickett looked up at Gurn, then over at the wolf commander. The white wolf raised his shield, awaiting the signal. Pickett didn't wait. He broke into a sprint, surprising even Cole and Joe, who followed quickly with their bloody band of brave rabbits. The first ranks of the army followed fast, crying out as they came. The rabbits, trapped in an impossible position, outnumbered and without a chance, were charging the wolf and raptor army with defiant shouts. Pickett watched as Gurn banked suddenly and let loose a piercing call, then swooped to the back as the wolf commander cried out, ATTACK! But they were being attacked. Pickett's band clashed with the edges of the wolf army as the birds of prey descended. Away! came another cry, then an explosion overhead. Two more explosions. The blast powder barrels had blown in the air, shielding the rabbits from the swooping raptors. These fell back, while wolves and rabbits clashed below the smoke and fire. Pickett ran straight for the wolf commander. In the white wolf's face he saw disbelief, then alarm, then an eager anger. His soldiers had moved ahead of him, but he drew up his spear and howled. Pickett charged the front lines at top speed, and, spying the white wolf behind a packed band of warriors, he leapt.